0: Welcome to the T2C Podcast. Here are your hosts, a double dose of Tyler and Christian. Welcome back to the T2C Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Savayana. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore swavage underscore. And we're joined also by co-host Ty Bo. You can follow him at the show's Twitter at T2CFP. Um, Possibly some changes coming on that front. We'll let you know as they come forward. Uh, again, this this show has more changes than Kansas does seasons, uh, so be wary of that. Uh, but man, camp is almost here. It starts in eight days from when we're recording. We're recording on Tuesday the 19th, so by the time you hear this, uh, it'll at the earliest uh, be uh, Wednesday the 20th, which puts it at seven days, and boy are we excited. Before we jump too far into uh, uh, what we'll speak about today, obviously a little bit of camp, uh, a little bit of OB uh, or Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, contract talks, and yeah, uh, you
1: can't call him OBJ around me because like, I'm, I, I'm immediately like to, jumping to Odell.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I like to call him OB. Uh, always kind of have, uh, so that may be a reoccurring theme. Um, and then uh, maybe maybe just a little bit else, but. Uh, before we get into too much of the football talk, we want to have a little bit of fun here. And we're gonna kick the show off with a Tybo's top five. Oh, not one.
1: but two. We got two Tybo's top fives today. Oh. So, you know, we, we haven't done it, you know, we did one to start it off and we haven't like followed up with it. so that's why we're bringing you two. Is are very important Tybo's top fives? One? One of them is going to be a little fun, a little lighthearted. The other one's going to be serious, Chiefs football. But my first Tybo's top five is my own personal top five white noise TV shows or, you know, the, the, the TV show you throw on in the background when you're doing whatever, making food, doing chores, homework, work, whatever you got going on. But coming in at number five for my top five white noise TV shows is Forced and Fire. Because I have always wanted to be a blacksmith and making knives and weapons, I think that's cool as fuck. But also, the judges on that show are weird and they say weird things. And whenever you catch it at a moment when you're doing something else, it gives you a chuckle. So, Forge and Fire comes in at number five on my list. Uh, number four is going to be Master Chef. Um, I love food. I love cooking. So. You know, if I don't have to divert too much of my attention, I like to pick up on recipes, tips, tricks. Like I've recreated some stuff that I've seen on master chef. So, um, that and Gordon Ramsay and the judges on that show as well, like not as, as funny, but like Gordon Ramsay will tear somebody apart. And that is funny. So, uh, that's why I have master chefs number four on my white noise TV shows. Number three, um, sorry to all the office fans out there. Uh, number three is parks and rec for me. And I'm going to take this time to say that parks and rec is a better TV show than the office. And I don't like Michael Scott as a character. Wow. So, uh, I'm much more a Leslie Nope fan. Uh, Andy, April, uh, and Perkins, all the people on parks and rec just make a better show than the office. And I said it,
0: a top five and a hot take coming in from Tybo. Oh, you were going to get the some sucks, bro. on that one. Oh my! It. Not just not just a Parks and Rec is better. The Office sucks. The office oh, you're going to for this. Hit him up on Twitter at t2cfp and Bring let it. him know. Let him know how much you hate him.
1: Oh man, I'll defend Parks and Rec till the day I die. But moving on. There are better shows in my top five white noise TV shows. Number two is the only cartoon on the... Oh, on, well, no. Sorry. I misspoke, but it's definitely a younger cartoon, um, which may surprise some people, but I'm a kid at heart. Adventure Time. Um, as, if you watched Adventure Time as many times as, as I have all the way through, like it's very easy to pick up on the general storyline, but each episode, you, like, you don't have to know what came before it like adventure time just pops off like it's 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 funny it's lighthearted. sometimes it gets a little too singy and then i'll like change to something else but uh finn and jake are some of the greatest characters i think that have ever been written uh, in a cartoon tv show and uh it's a it's a close personal favorite to, to my heart uh but moving on my number one top White noise TV show is Bob's Burgers, and again I've seen that one over and over again. And the adult uh, cartoon that is on my list, Bob's Burgers, is number one simply because of the one-liners. Similar to Adventure Time, you don't have to really be paying attention to the episode that came before. You just listen in at times when Gene makes some really out-of-pocket comment, and you know you laugh because Bob's Burgers is funny. And uh, anybody that disagrees with that can also hit me up on Twitter.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid top five. I like that. I will say uh, I have only ever seen uh, one of the shows in your top five. Uh, and that goes to, to the food network. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I would say between HGTV food network, pretty much any soccer game. um uh, or, or any NFL or college football rerun is great to have on in the background. You've never watched force uh, and fire. Never. I've watched it on Snapchat. I, I 100% when I first saw it on the Snapchat, little story things, whatever it is um thought that it was strictly a Snapchat show. Cause there's a lot of, there's a <laughs> few of them out there. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was strictly that. And uh, after a few months, I actually realized it was a TV show. I have no idea what channel it's on. Uh. But, I think it used to be on Spike. Uh, well, but Spike I just died like nine years ago. Oh, then I don't know. What uh, I'm it's on. About. It's on whatever Spike <laughs> bought, I believe, or whoever bought Spike. But yeah, it's on one of those True TV, whatever nobody cares about stations. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, dude, that's a solid top five. I like that. That is that is a hot take. And if you, uh, for those office. of
1: you listening that haven't watched any of those TVs before or TV shows before, like give them a try. They're they're great shows. All I've heard good
0: things about Bob's Burgers. I could never get into it, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah,
1: it's pretty funny. Uh, but moving on, this is the more serious top five.
0: We'll we'll go to the th- we'll go to that top five here here in just a moment before we uh, when we get into camp. Oh, okay. When we get into hey, camp hey, talk, but there you. is a little bit more serious Show note that. Wow. That Tybo was talking about um, mm-hmm. before we get to camp in his top five, which is very serious. Um, the the Orlando Brown situation, which still going on in the news today. There is actually just a report put out by NFL.com from one of the uh, NFL uh, correspondents journos whoever he is i have never heard of this gentleman before um and a lot of people seem to there's a lot of controversy going around it because people cannot decide or decipher for themselves whether this is true or not now the tweet did come out uh from Devin clements who works for uh the nfl network and uh the report came from jeffrey i'm probably gonna uh (laughs) kill his name but it's uh Chadia, I believe, Jeffrey Chadia, who's a a senior columnist at NFL Network and On Air Talent. Um, He put out a report earlier that he spoke with an NFL uh, or a Chiefs front office executive uh, when commenting about uh, Orlando Brown rejecting the uh, long term deal. Quote, This isn't the guy we traded for end quote. And uh, as, as I said, this was in reference uh, to Brown's uh, Casey or the Brown's long-term deal given, uh, but more in reference to they, if this is a true report, um, there was clearly some understanding and under the table deal handshake agreement that uh, Brown would be taking uh, a team-friendly deal when he came in. Now, we do know some of the specifics that came out. And um, uh, Shefty did report some and others did report some so there is um a little bit of variance across the board uh but basically what it was is 91 to 95 million dollars over four seasons with the fifth season being uh, over 40 million dollars that could be 100% voided and not paid at any point in time unless they were to pick up the option for the fifth year basically it was an option year which is um, like
1: which was like over a third of the contract then.
0: Like, it was over a was, third of the contract. Yeah. It was very large. So that brought the AAV or the average per year of the contract totaling um, the the highest in, in NFL history and out of current left tackles, obviously, uh, putting him above uh, Trent Williams. However, you take out that fifth year that was an option or voidable, um, and that brings it down to 91 to 95. Uh, with a 30 it it also was the highest signing bonus ever given in the nfl at over 30 million dollars but that does it was just it was
1: only like i mean it was only like a couple it was like a thousand dollars over what um or not it was like ten thousand dollars over what um
0: previous record oh okay yeah. So yeah. I'm not a whole lot and obviously would have been broken shortly after. Cause that's how the NFL works. Um, but that brought like take off that fifth year and that brings it down to just shy of 19 or around $19 million per year, which puts uh, that contract at the current rate of eighth out of all left tackles in the league, which obviously Orlando Brown has not been asking for. He's, he's been asked uh, or he's been asking to be the highest paid Um, which the contract would technically give it to him, but he's yeah, not asking technically he, in, in he wasn't asking. And, and a lot of players do like that. You know, you look at guys and and there are players who will say, well, uh, you know, it's a voidable year, but I'm the technically the highest paid. And they just want that ego boost. Orlando Brown, isn't looking for that. Now it did sound like Orlando Brown would have been fine with this deal. Had he been given more guarantees, more security. Yeah. If, uh, if we looked at the, I, th- record, I think
1: that's really what he was standing his ground about was just security. And blame like it or not, like we're just in a weird situation now.
0: We're in a very weird situation now. If if I remember correctly, or uh, or or the con or the uh, numbers were were correct, it would have been basically two years um, out of that four year deal would have been guaranteed, leaving the third and fourth years un uh, non guaranteed. Now, looking at Orlando Brown, that really shouldn't be worrisome by his history he's only missed one game in four years he's a three-time pro bowler don't care what anybody says about that situation made the pro bowl there's a lot of left tackles right tackles that haven't made the pro bowl he's made it at two separate positions across the offensive line so we know he's versatile we know that he can stay in and play for long stints and long periods of time uh the one game that he did miss was in kansas city and that's when we placed um Uh, uh, Tooney at the left tackle position. Um, This, this deal now hurts us to get out of the numbers. This deal now hurt hurts Kansas city. A lot of people say Orlando doesn't have the leverage looking at, out of the contract numbers and what he's done as a Kansas city chief, he was tied for 27th for sacks given up. There were four, those four came in the first four to five games. I, I haven't been able to get an accurate number on that, whether it was four or it was five, but post those first four to five games, learning a new system, not necessarily being there for the entirety of camp uh, and, and knowing the offense. Um, he now has this full season under his belt and to be expected would be a lot better but after those first four or five games he gave up zero sacks in the remainder of the season uh, and then gave up zero sacks uh, throughout the entirety of the playoffs going into obviously losing the AFC championship Um, with that thought process knowing the numbers post really getting a grip on the offense how do you feel about not securing him to this long-term deal um, or even somewhat of a short-term deal, deal, whether it's two, two, say two to three years, we couldn't even lock him up for a short stint. What, what is your thought process here, Typo?
1: Well, I think going forward now, like I would have said best case scenario is we get it signed get the deal done. You know, his, his money is what is, what he's getting paid is going to be set, you know, for the most part in stone. But now, you know, best-case scenario moving forward, it's just going to cost us more money. Like, if Orlando Brown comes and shows out this season, you know, he's going to probably warrant, you know, being the highest-paid left tackle in all of football. So it's going to cost us a little bit more money. But I, I it's been said by, you know, numerous other reporters and, and, and Chiefs Twitter people, but, like, Orlando Brown is just – he's betting on himself. And, you know – it it can only go a couple of different ways. Like it's his, his pay at the after this year is probably going to be performance-based. I don't think he, I don't think we spend another franchise tag on him. Um, especially if he uh, kind of regresses or, you know, is at middle of the road for left tackle in the NFL. Um, but if he shows out, it's definitely going to cost us more money. If he has a season or career ending injury or does very, very poorly, you
0: know, we got to draft some tackles,
1: you know, we got to make some other move or we got to draft some tackles.
0: Yeah. This for me leaves us in a bad spot, Uh, a, a really, really, really bad spot with not knowing what's going to happen. We may not know up until week one, um, what what what's going to be happening? He has until week one, the start of week one, to sign this deal. Now uh, the franchise tag. Now if he doesn't sign the franchise tag, we're without a left tackle for the entirety of the season. Whether that that means that uh, it's going to be a rookie or we move uh, Tooney to left tackle, we may be doing some some changes there. It 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 totally depends. We know I don't Canard think he's can...
1: going to forfeit money. I don't I don't think he's going to leave money on the table.
0: It would like... be bad for both it would be bad for both OB and the chiefs for OB to not sign the franchise tag and decide not to play. It would be, it would be bad. He'd be losing out on money for this current year and devaluing himself moving forward. Uh, It would put the chiefs in a really bad spot and basically burn that bridge to where he's not coming back. And we just lost, A lot. Now, there is possibility, even if he doesn't sign the franchise tag, I believe he can be traded if there can be an agreement with another team. Um, There's obviously up until week one, we can we can sign him to a franchise tag and trade him to another team who can agree to pay him for the following years. Kind of like a sign and, and trade deal. But where this leaves the Chiefs at in this current position without him signing the free agent tag is without a left tackle. Um, it could be Kennard who uh, plays guard and come in at right tackle. It could be Niang coming in at left tackle. It, it could be Andrew Wiley coming in to play left tackle could be a rookie or moving uh Tooney from the left guard spot over to the left tackle where he's only taken one. I mean, game there's also been snaps. talk of us signing
1: Eric Fisher again. so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that came from like a 13-year-old in a Twitter group chat um asking it, where it, Eric it, Fisher it was. Got, but, uh, it, it got to it, people like there were, there did? were incredible no, it did.
1: people talking about outside it.
0: It again. <laughs> it got group chats talking, it got my group chats talking. It's not happening. If you think Eric Fisher's coming back, it's not happening. Get that out of your mind. Um, he's more than likely done in the NFL, unless There's a dire situation that comes up either with the Chiefs or somebody else, which this not isn't necessarily a dire situation. But kudos to that teenager in uh, my Twitter group thing uh, who who put that out there because that was absolutely fantastic by you getting everybody riled up about that across everywhere uh, in Kansas City. Um, this puts us in a bad, bad position. I'm more upset at the Chiefs than I am at Orlando Brown. I can't be mad at a player wanting to get money, especially if you're going to be the eighth highest plate uh, paid. You need to be able to have some guarantees. Nobody wants to unfortunately end up like Ryan Shazier, where you never get to play it down again. That's less likely to happen, at least the spinal injury at a left tackle position, but your knees, your ankles uh, your shoulders, everything is in jeopardy at that position and without any guarantees uh, with such a short career uh, in the NFL players only play until they're on average, you know, 35, if they can make it past that um, it makes it makes it very, very tough. Um And yeah, this, this puts the chiefs in a bad situation because now we have nothing to protect a $500 million investment. That's the big one. That's the big one. If it's not Orlando, who else is it gonna be? And currently we have no Orlando Brown. Sorry, there's sticks for you. Uh, We have no Orlando Brown and we do not have anybody to protect a $500 million investment. And that's where my mind is right now. What do you think when you look at the numbers that way, should we have paid Orlando Brown in your mind just specifically because we know how good he is. There's also the potential that we believe him to have. And knowing that without him, we have no protection for a $500 million investment for the next decade.
1: I, I, I mean, I do, I do think the chiefs were a little bit too stubborn in the situation. Like if we had the finances to make the deal work, I think you have to make the deal work. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I am not i do not think I'm as worried. Like I, I'm it's, it's, it's awful to be in this limbo situation where we don't know if he's going to sign the deal. We don't know if he's going to play, but you know, I mean, I'm just trusting my gut here. I don't, I think he's going to play on a franchise tag, you know, in, in, in a perfect world, he, he's going to be more motivated and he's going to, play really really well this year so that he can get his payoff next season but like he's he's not a very he's not an old nfl player like he's had a pretty young career but and he hasn't made a whole lot of money so like i don't think he's going to leave franchise tag money on the table
0: it'd be it'd be odd not to 16.7 million dollars fully guaranteed um this will kind of leave it like uh it if if he decides to play on that franchise tag, we really don't have much to worry about or complain about for the season. I think he's a very highly motivated player, um, but the issue comes and and we won't know. And so there's really not much more to talk about, speak about, or to be worried about. Um, is you know we we won't know until week one. He's gonna he's gonna prolong that. He's not gonna go to camp, and he's not gonna be fine for going to not going to camp. Um, even though we definitely could. Even though he hasn't signed the franchise tag, that's something we could do. The Chiefs have already said they're not going to. You really think
1: he's just not going to bother with camp at all?
0: He will not bother with camp. It would not be a smart move of him to bother with camp, um, to be 100% honest. Uh, Everything that they're doing at camp is install of any new plays and working together, and though that may be uh, super important, that's one offensive line, but most specifically left tackle, is one of the positions at the NFL uh, where – there's not necessarily any chemistry involved because you're on an island 99.9% of the time, whether it's a pass set or a run set. And his run blocking is one of the best in the NFL over an 85% efficacy rate uh, per PFF, uh, which is
1: why we need to run the damn ball,
0: run the damn ball, run the damn ball. There's a lot of things that we need to do going into the season. uh, And that is one of them. Uh, But yeah, he's on an Island. There's not necessarily chemistry to build outside of snap count and, as we saw last year, that wasn't really an issue. Um, So, yeah, I mean, with with that said, you know, camp is coming up. Tybo, I believe you have a top five to jump us into camp. I jumped the gun a
1: little earlier. But this is is the serious top five that I had uh, alluded to earlier. But the top five guys, in my opinion, that we need to be watching in training camp this year. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say before I get into it, it's, it's mostly defensive because that's where I believe are the places to, to fix, the problems to fix the most unknown. We have a whole new secondary. We have a lot of new faces and some begrudgingly similar faces on the defensive line. Um, but there's a lot of questions on that side of the ball. And that's obviously where we were the worst last year. I'm not that worried about the offense Um, Orlando Brown's Brown situation aside. Like I'm not worried about the offense. Patrick Mahomes is fired up. Travis Kelsey is fired up. We got young guys. We got hungry guys. We got guys that have stuff to prove. You know, I think the chiefs offense is going to be great, but Top five guys that I think we need to be watching in training camp this year. Honorable mention, start off, Lonnie Johnson. I think he's going to be an integral part of the secondary. Um, I think his situation is a little uh, unique coming in as a trade. Um, uh, Stuff on his social, social media says that he's, you know, got something to prove and he's ready to make an impact. He's ready to shut up all his doubters. So honorable mention is Lonnie Johnson number five getting into the top five the only offensive guy on this list um he's a fan favorite I believe and what happened to him last year was awful and we want to see him Jody Fortson I want him I want him I want him out there I want him to play good I don't want him to get hurt uh he's a monster he's a physical specimen he can do he can do good things with the ball in his hands
0: and he can play at two different positions. He can play tight end and he can play wide. That's super important with the, um, with the amount of veterans that we have out there as patch cat, pass catchers uh, for Pat. That's going to be a huge one since yeah. the chemistry was, was built last year.
1: He's, he's going to be a guy that just – like if, if he plays, if he gets considerable snaps, like he's going to be a guy that gets lost in that offense and he's going to make people pay. He's going to have some big plays. He's going to be like – he's going to be a guy – defensive coordinators are just like, well, we have to game plan for Travis Kelsey. We have to game plan for some of their speed. But, you know, who are we going to stick on Jody Fortson? Like they're going to come up with, you know, something to address him in a defensive game plan. Uh, Number four, um, Trent McDuffie. Um, I'm not as worried about his skill level. Um per se. Um I just think, you know, it we I, I want to know a little bit more about him before we get into the season. You know, Trent McDuffie um is like he's supposed to, he's hopefully going to be an answer for us at cornerback. Like uh Sneed is is good, he's not great. Um, and McDuffie just needs to be able to hold down the another cornerback spot. Like we I, I, there's a lot, I'm not going to say pressure, but there's a lot riding on his position this year. Like I, I think he's, he's definitely going to be somebody to watch in training camp. Uh, moving up to number three, um, somebody that maybe not a lot of our fans know about. Um, he got a lot of positive reports out of OTAs. Um, and he is in, I believe, the highest pressure position of the whole team. Uh, Malik Herring at defensive end. Um, I think the coaching staff, um, sees a lot of good things in him and I, you know, I just want to, I want it to be confirmed. I want those initial positive reports to be like Malik Herring is going to be a serviceable starter, if not like high snap level rotation guy for us, someone that's going to give us some help on the edge. Moving up to number two, Brian Cook. Uh, A second round draft pick that is not getting a whole lot of buzz Um, on Chiefs Twitter. Not, not very many people are talking about him. Everybody's looking at the first rounders, Sky Moore, Darian Kennard, Leo Chenal. They're, they're the guys that are getting all the hype and all the discussion. I think Brian Cook's kind of lost in there and I, I, um, he's going to be a good, he's going to be an important depth guy for our secondary. So, um, you know, he's another guy to watch in camp. And number one, George Karloftis. Tyler and I, we have our doubts about this guy, but again, he's in the highest pressure position on the whole team. That's the position that we needed to fix desperately. Needed to fix going into this year, and you know he's gonna he's gonna need to start showing it in camp if he's really gonna be our guy. So that's my that's my top five guys. That we need to watch in training camp this
0: year. I'm going to counter with my own quick top five, and I just uh, typo when I talked my about segment, dog. this. Is your segment? So I'm going <laughs> to go Ty Bob's top five. No, man, I, I I am excited about all those things. I think you hit the nail on the head 100. percent Defense does need to be um, the the most spoken about, but I think there's I, mine will cover basically two positions. Um, I gave, I gave four to him pre-show. I'm going to add in my fifth and five being Frank Clark, five being Frank Clark. It's we, we basically extended him without giving him more money with voidable years. Totally fine, uh, by me and we can keep him around if he does better. Um, there were the issues, uh, in, in his early career as a chief with, uh, stomach bugs being ill, stuff like that. Uh, Over the off season, um, it has sounded it sounds like he's gotten his health issues under control as he has stopped drinking alcohol. He has. If you've seen him, he stopped. (laughs) He said 100 percent he has drank zero alcohol and I don't know how long, um, but it looks as if he's lost about 50 pounds. I think he's like six foot two or so, six foot three. And he looks as if he's 200 soaking wet pounds I mean, he's very skinny put on a lot of muscle he looks very healthy we'll have to see how that goes into camp being much much lighter um, at that position we'll have to see how that goes does, puts but a
1: little zip in his step he goes into number five end, you
0: know. Hey, hopefully hopefully you know w- losing a little bit of money never never feels <laughs> good uh going in at number four i'm going to put canard there um, just because he's a rookie, they're talking about moving him uh, around from a guard position. He'd obviously be a backup guard, but with the Lucas Niang situation, he could easily start it right. Uh, if he can play the left tackle, With given the situation we're in, it's possible he goes there. I mean, who knows? I'm very excited to see what he can do and how they move him around at camp. At number three, it's George Karloftis. Uh, I'd put him at number one, but there's a couple other people above him. I'm, we, Tybo said, we have our doubts. I won't cover it too much, but he's number three for me. Number two is Lucas Niang. It's a big, big one. He has played in – he started nine, but he's played in 12 games in two years. Obviously, his first year with the COVID year, opted out last year, had the massive injury to derail the season and give um, Andrew Wiley a bunch of starts out of position since he is a guard um, who was serviceable, did play well, very scary position. It could be him, uh, Lucas Nyang taking it. could be uh, Kennard taking the right tackle position. Quick um, question
1: before you move on.
0: Yes. Injury issues aside, who would you rather
1: have starting at right tackle, Game One, Canard or
0: Niang? Uh, being able to see what I have seen currently, Niang is a very, very, very good player. I would much rather him be there as a veteran, knowing the offense for two years. But again, we also haven't seen Canard go through preseason uh, or camp. That that could change my mind. It's just simply because I haven't seen a Canard play yet. Sure. Um, and going in at number one for me, Kane Doe. is a rookie last year. Uh, defensive end was a big, big position. It got injured in preseason. He could have had a, a, a crazy breakout season last year as a rookie had he stayed healthy and not gotten the injury in, in preseason. Um, so I, he is my number one because that is a position where there is hardly any depth of quality. Um, and if he could get out to a, a hot start, I mean, he could he could take over that starting position uh, from Frank Clark and play opposite of George Karloftis. Could move him around. Uh, we don't really know what he looks like size wise. Uh, Because camp hasn't started. uh, And that's a big one that he's going to be my number one because he could be a dark horse in this race as being an absolute bust at where we picked him up at, which uh, wasn't very high. uh, But he could also just be an absolute menace out on the field, uh, having that one year rehab stint. Um, So I am excited to see what he can do.
1: The reason why Malik Herring was in my top five instead of Kando was because of what I read about their ota performance like there sure. were people were surprised about herring i didn't hear i didn't read the same kind of things that i was reading about herring that for Kendo. like i didn't i didn't see a whole lot about Kendo. if i if, if if those reports were about Kendo instead of malik herring he would definitely be on my top five but um yeah you know, there's a possibility I think that Kando- the coaches like him better than Kendo. So,
0: And I think Kando was still going through a little bit of rehab. I don't believe uh, he was there at OTAs. Um, that's why I didn't read anything about him. So uh, that that that's part of it. And, and who knows if he'll be ready for week one. I would assume he is because he is now almost a year removed since it happened in preseason. Um, so we'll just have to kind of see how that plays out. I'm very excited for camp. The camp dates, as I said at the beginning of the show, start next Wednesday, which is July the 27th, and goes all the way – through Thursday, August the 18th. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we like I've I've said a few times, we're gonna try and get out there ourselves if we can make it happen. Uh, but I definitely definitely have people out there uh through Kansas City Sports Network, Sports Illustrated, and and uh all the um sports radio shows 810, 610 and the rest that covet the Kansas City area will be able to provide us with some insight not including videos that you'll also see on Twitter um, so there's a lot to be there's a lot to be excited for again that you know we have no idea what to expect from this team going in you've got Willie Gay coming back off of injury uh, in in what seems to be a prove it years he's gonna be starting alongside Nick Bolton with Leo Chanel coming in and and as Tybo said Bryson Cook who's possibly going to be our starter back there Brian with uh, or Brian Cook. Uh, who's possibly going to be a starter back there with Justin Reed and, and our, our, our corners who we've only got one returning starter from last year in um, and, and LaJarrius Sneed, who also probably needs to get paid here soon. I believe he's on the, um, uh, in his third season. So it puts one year left on his deal. Um, we, we've got, there's a lot of shakers and movers out there. We're going to have to see how camp plays out, go into preseason. Uh, but there is a ton to be, excited about. Tybo, is there anything you want to close the show off with? The Chief's going to win another Super Bowl this year. Man, <laughs> now you sound like Jeff. Old G off with a 6-17-0 season. Man, Either way,
1: just, did you did you hear <laughs> or uh, see, oh man, I don't remember if it was
0: an interview or
1: or what. I, it was some video I saw on social media talking about how, oh, it was Mitch Holtis. Mitch Holtis who had like gone up to Travis Kelsey um he's like are you, are you new around here or something like that like you you don't look like the like Travis Kelsey the the veteran tight end and he's just like I'm I'm fired up this year like I'm I'm ready to to show these people that you can't sleep on the Chiefs like
0: Travis is one of those guys, man. He's always fired up and, and it's good to hear that uh, he's got a little bit more fire under him. I think partially it's because he knows how much he has to lead this team moving forward. He's going to get more targets and more receptions this season than he ever has before. Um, and you can never sleep on the chiefs when you've got Pat at the helm. And if we can get this defense dialed in, it doesn't really matter if the offense can put up 90, like they used to, uh, if we can play a complete game, um, so that's exciting, man. It's exciting. If, we,
1: if we round out our game, like there's nobody that can stop us. Like there's probably a bunch of teams out there you could say that about, but the Chiefs should be, should strike fear into anyone they step on the field with because
0: they are dangerous. And they only Actually got when more you don't dangerous, know. even when we lost Tyreek Hill. We've gotten, I'd say more dangerous in the fact that nobody knows what we're going to do. The game plan has gone out the window. It's not throw it 90 yards down the field to Tyreek. It's we got a bunch of young guys looking to get paid and make a name for themselves, and it's something to be scary about. I'll leave us with this. There wasn't a lot of talk from OTAs, but there was one thing that stuck out in my mind. It's how good Isaiah Pacheco looked, and it was how bad Ronald Jones looked. From what I've heard in reports, the expectations are Rojo doesn't make the 52 man come week four of the preseason. What are your thoughts on that? Let us know on Twitter. We'll have to wait and see what it looks like, uh, because again, OTAs was closed to the public. Already
1: made up their mind on the run game. Like, just go ahead and get rid of him now. Like, we're not gonna. He's not gonna fit in our run game if we even have one.
0: He can't. He can't catch passes, and he likes to give the ball up. Sounds a lot like some older guys that we've had here. <laughs> Shady. Um, yeah. As always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.